0: Tonight, the leading, the fending, the fending, the fending, the fending, the fending, the fending, undisputed,
1: universal, heavyweight
0: champion, Wildcat Radio. What's up, everybody? This is Wildcat Radio 2.0. I'm Adam Green. He's Brett Barry. We are back for the second week in a row, which is kind of a big deal for us after the last month or so. Here we are. We are back with another show for you all. We're going to be joined by Matt Moreno, who is one of our favorite guys. He's going to break down some of Arizona's recruiting, what they've done, and what they might be doing in the future.
1: But, Brett, hey, we're back again. We're doing it. We are, and I should warn you, Adam, I am out of the country next week, so I doubt we're recording next week. So it's going to be another a couple weeks.
0: Our streak will end at two. Oh well, we'll uh, uh, see hey. what our friend Ronnie's up to next week. But anyway, Brett, we're gonna, gonna talk to Matt in a little bit. But first, like, okay, football is—you know—things are really getting going when media day arrives, right? And we talked about it before Arizona Spring and Jaden Delora, um, and trading stukes to media day, which is cool. I'm for that. But ahead of media day, which I think is Friday, we're recording on which I think pecto media day is Friday. But ahead of that, uh conference announced like their first team, second teams, honorable mentions and all that stuff. In Arizona, they on some of the preseason teams, Jacob Cowing, second team at wide receiver, Jordan Morgan, second team on the offensive line, Chris Michael, Wiley, T-Mac, Jonas Almanea, Justin Flo, Tyler Lupin, Kyle Austin Dorp, were all honorable mention choices at their respective positions. You know, it doesn't mean anything other than there's expectations, right? Which is something that Arizona is not used to having going to season, but these are guys that the conference is looking at the media saying, you know what? They're pretty good. And Arizona has some pretty good players, so
1: not bad. Yeah, and you know, I know some people were miffed at Arizona not having first team guys with like, you know, maybe if Jordan Jordan Morgan was healthy, maybe he'd be a first team guy. If he was healthy,
0: he wouldn't be on the roster, he'd be in the NFL.
1: Fair point. Yeah. Um but you know, I'm I'm looking at all the guys who were on the honorable mention T Mac, Jonas, Jonah, big Jonah. Michael Wiley, Tyler Loop, Justin Flo, Kyle Ostendorp, along with J- Jacob Cowing and Jordan Morgan as second teams, I can, you know, there's a realistic scenario where any of those guys are first team all Pac-12 guys at the end of the season when it actually matters, right? <laughs> you know, there was is, there is a, a lot of uh, USC, UCLA, and Utahs from what I saw. Which like you would expect. Game. Yeah, and like, you know, you know how I feel about preseason things and like schedule analysis when nobody knows how good anybody's going to be. And I just don't care that much. And preseason rankings mean next to nothing in my mind. And I just as soon, I just as soon, you know, I'd rather uh, the team and players I care about be a little underrated and have a chip on their shoulder than be like, have all the expectations in the world and then underachieve. Um, So in that, in that sense, I'm content with the preseason teams because there's enough recognition where, you know, from the perspective uh, nationally and regionally that impacts things like recruiting and, 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 and the like, that it's some positive momentum. But also, I'm not mad that there's enough slights there for them to put it on the bulletin board, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with that because is is Jacob Cowan going to play better because it was second team and not first team? Probably not. I don't imagine any of them looking this saying, we got snubbed, you know, it's us against the world now, you know, any more than they would have before this. But what I like about it is the recognition for what, to me, it shows what Arizona's accomplished, right? I think, you know, it's more than they had last season. And I'm sure it's more than they had the year before in terms of preseason stuff. And, you know, it's, that's just a sign of the progress. And no, it's not like they're competing with USC or Oregon or Utah having as many guys as they do. And like, obviously again, Arizona doesn't have anyone on the first team, but there is recognition for guys who deserve recognition here, you know, like Jacob Cowing is good. He came back for one more season. He didn't have to do that. He came back, so he should be recognized. It's nice to see. You know, he's still got to prove it on the field, all that. Jordan Morgan, the same thing. But these are some of Arizona's best players and they are being recognized as some of the better players in the conference. You know, if your best players are, I don't know, not even Arnold mention, that's not great. <laughs> that's not what you're looking for. Mm-hmm. But if your best players are looked at it and said, Yeah, they're some of the better players in the Pac twelve, that's a good sign. Like to your point, it doesn't mean anything but it feels better. And right now it's still the off season, which is all about feeling. And this feels better.
1: Well, and you know, eight guys, honorable mention are better. Uh, not to compare to meaningless, well, semi-meaningless numbers, but that's more wins than this team has had in <laughs> calendar years. <laughs> right. Like, I mean, yes. The point of feeling better, like that's, that's a dramatic change and that it, it's, it's, it's just providing some recognition and evidence to what we've talked about with, you know, the Jed Fish off seasons. And, you know, that being the the greatest thing that's happened to Arizona football and what feels like forever, because it shows that people are seeing and believing what Jed Fish is building in the roster and the talent turnover. Um, You know, we've talked about it with Elijah rushing. We're going to talk more with our guests later about some of that momentum. And it's, it's valid. It's validation and recognition that, you know, maybe builds a little b- bit of momentum that can be self-fulfilling.
0: Now, really quick with me today coming up after the show recording on Wednesday again, is there anything you're hoping to hear from either Fish, Delore, so we know what Delore is going to be asked for, at least in part, right? And you don't know how much that's going to dominate his press conference. And I'm sure Fish will have to answer some of those questions too, but is there anything other than that that you're looking forward to hearing answers for kind of curious about that you think you might get to hear in told Media Day from Arizona's trio of representatives? <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that as as somebody that's married to a defense attorney, I doubt we're going to get very satisfying answers regarding the Dolores situation. And you know, part of me wants to just have it be like, yeah, you know, this is the reality. We're standing by our guy because we actually believe in him. uh But it's just that's even if you do that believe that, that's not how you should approach that legally. Mm-hmm. Um you know, I think the thing I'm most interested to hear about from all, all three guys, you know, how, what's, what's, what's their vibe and their confidence on this roster going into the season? Like, you know, Jed fish has been always, you know, he was the, you know, Jed lasso a few years ago with the believe t-shirts in the middle of the losing streak. Really
0: needed to get one of those. I don't know how, and still want one.
1: (laughs) Um, at Jed Fish, send us T-shirts, please. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, but like to some extent, you you know, I think we can all be like, we were impressed with how much even those Arizona teams believed in themselves when the talent level wasn't there. But now, with the talent level going, you know, going up as as evidenced by the recognition of the guys on the on the preseason All Conference teams. How, how much more authenticity is there in their answers and their confidence heading into the season? Are they going to, you know, you know, are they going to are they going to, like, slow roll and be like, hey, we're just worried about, you know, beating NAU and maybe they will say that sarcastically, but like... Maybe they, they, they have
0: to worry about beating NAU, though. That can't be well, sarcasm. Like, they hey, that's I mean, serious.
1: <laughs> Arizona hasn't been above 500 in a few years <laughs> and lost to NAU not that long ago, but like, you know is this a team that feels confident they can go into an SEC school on the road and win that game and not just yeah. be trying to talk themselves talk themselves into it just that they go in with you know that that swagger or that like quiet confidence that's a little less gregarious of like trying to convince yourself or convince others just be like you know that true self confidence where you're not just trying to flex your muscles. I'm kind of curious to see the tenor, I guess, of their of their answers as they're thinking about what their expectations are for the season. I agree that with that sense? because,
0: yeah, no, that, that makes sense to me because obviously like the offense, you, you expect DeLore to be confident. You know, he had a good season last year. Now another offseason in this offense. He's got all the weapons. They lost Dorian Singer. They're not short on skill position talent. You know, and the offensive lines are that much more experience, could be that much better. Defensively, obviously, is the question. You know, the second year in Johnny Nansen's defense, there's questions about him as the coordinator, but there's just more raw talent on that side of the ball. Yes, they lost Keon Bars. They lost Christian one Wallace. Jerry Roberts is gone. But you bring in a Justin Flow, You have his fees and price off getting more reps. You know, you have Taylor in the back, you know, and the safety piece, like you have a different looking defense. Do they feel like they have taken a step forward? You know, how is it? I mean, I'd love to have seen Justin Flow be on the podium for this one. Just, I remember doing watching one of those, like, mic'd up things that Arizona did with him. That guy sounds awesome. like he seems so intense and into it i'd love to hear him about that but at the same time i imagine he's the type of let us play do the talking for him but i'm curious about that from stooks's perspective and you'll probably get the oh we're super confident you know we're definitely we have so much talent around us it's the audience but i'm like to your point is it genuine do they really mean it do they really believe this or are they just saying it to say it and but just yeah how does this team feel heading into year three of Jed fish with some expectations you know, no one's saying they should win the Pac-12, but there is a little bit more pressure on them this season than there was the last couple of years. You know, are they ready for that? Do they feel like they can handle it? And, you know, you may not get the answer. You may not believe what they say at media day. It's media day. You're not, it's not the place to get anything but fluff, usually. <laughs> but, you know, it'd be nice to hear or get a sense of where they're at, how they feel about things.
1: Yeah, and I, you know, the more I'm thinking about it, the more I... I'm really intrigued to hear Traden Stooks speak because like he's the guy that, you know, we've talked on this pod in the past where I think Justin Spears told us that in the 70 to seven game, Michael Lev was Rupert, a uh, friend of the pod. Michael Lev said, are you ready for the trade and Stukes era? Because he had no idea who he was. He was an under-recruited guy that was undersized, uh, underrated, undervalued, and then kind of grew under the noses of everybody into a guy that now is a legit, power five starting defensive player right Mm -hmm. which is kind of a pretty decent metaphor for arizona football where they're at right now i feel like where you you talk about in recruiting or even just on the field nobody expects arizona to be as big or talented or competitive uh as as they maybe are because everybody's thinking of where they were three years ago when they were small undersized under you know and underperforming right yeah so i'm and and the defense is you know first and foremost in Arizona's weaknesses. so i'm kind of curious maybe i'm just building a uh, a, a metaphor for us here to talk about but i i'm i'm really curious to hear trade Stokes like the local kid from the phoenix area that you know nothing was expected of and now has turned into a turned himself into a pretty good player and is maybe more athletic and bigger than people realize not the
0: biggest name Um, on that revamped defense but one of the guys that you know arizona's relying on otherwise they're not bringing him to media day (laughs) like it's yeah it's not a token thing
1: no and it's and like he's a guy that i mean i forget how much What did he grow like six or seven inches from when they (laughs) he was like that seems unlikely i mean i'm a guy that grew 12 inches in two years in high school and into college so i i can relate um (laughs) Uh, but like i'm pretty sure he was a guy that when he was in high school was way 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 smaller and you know a fast guy but too small to play um and it it seems like a good metaphor for this roster and and, and for this defense maybe that's had a talent infusion that is bigger it is stronger it is faster is it good i don't think we know yet and kind of like trade stooks like we think like there's it's all there for him and he's you know he's moving into the that the 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 kind of nickelback role which is a different thing when he's been playing corner um and could he be a star there uh maybe no no pun intended with the star position um but he's gonna
0: be a rock star no pun intended with the nickelback thing
1: oh oh god if i was listening to this i'd turn us off now (laughs) um but no i you know i the more the more I'm the more we're talking about. The more I'm talking into being interested in hearing what they have to say because I think it's going to tell us, you know, for lack of a better term, I think the 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 less they say, uh, the better I'll feel about things if that makes sense. Like where I they're. Think so. they're no,
0: this is the time to get excited, though, right? Like the football sure. season is coming. We're how many days away? Like less than 50 days away from the season opener. The revenge game against NAU. I'm looking forward to that one more than any other NAU game in recent memory. 71 <laughs> but, to 7 NAU. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it's not fair to NAU. Like Arizona shouldn't have lost them two years ago. But man, does it feel like Arizona needs to just put it on them in this one yeah don't
1: don't let up in that game like, just we need this guy
0: step on the gas pedal for the entire game and just bury them for, like it's not even I, I mean watch arizona lose again but like. <laughs> you, you shut your mouth out <laughs> okay before i talk myself into something really horrible here let's take a break and when we come back We are gonna talk to matt moreno who is one of our favorite guests covers packed over recruiting for the rivals Network, managing editor of yeah, uh, com. Let's see what he has to say about Arizona's recruiting, Arizona's future, because he knows a lot about both. We're back. It's Wildcat Radio 2.0, and we are joined by Matt Moreno, who covers Pac-12 recruiting for Rivals. He's the senior editor for goazycats.com. He's one of our favorite guests to have here on Wildcat Radio 2.0. So, Matt, welcome back to the show.
2: Yeah, thanks for having me back, guys. Always happy to be here.
0: Well, yeah, of course. And we had to talk to you because jedfish offseason is in full effect. Right. It seems like any time the game games were pretty good last year, too, contextually. But when the games aren't being played in between seasons, he does some of his best work. Of course, a couple weeks ago, he got the big commitment from Elijah Rushing, which is like maybe the signature. We thought T-Mac was a signature guy. Now there's a new signature commitment. He hasn't signed yet, yada, yada. But just your reaction or what does that mean to get Elijah Rushing to put on the Arizona hat and say, I want to stay home and play football at Tucson?
2: it's huge and leading up to it there's kind of that feeling like hey this could happen and i've been telling people for a while now that you know you can't count out arizona in this scenario i think they're they're getting less credit than they just des- than they deserve nationally leading up to that decision and you know for a while it was like well it's going to be either oregon or notre dame or maybe florida at one point but um and then even tennessee came on really late and i was like i don't i don't think anyone's paying attention there's not so many people paying attention to arizona nationally that probably should be and so um, it wasn't like a huge shock when it happened but regardless it's a really big deal and to me you know as it was kind of leading up and as I was like okay this thing is seems like it's gonna happen uh, my thought was is this bigger than tmac and to me it really feels like it is because um Arizona's had such a struggle to keep uh not only in-state talent home like that but especially talent from south point and you have to you know you're the hometown school and you're watching some of these players go on to be you know play for national titles or in the case of Bijan becoming someone who can go by just Bijan and go by one name and you know he's not playing at your college and you have to go watch him play at Texas and see him have so much success and be a first round draft pick and um, do all the things that he's done and so um, you know I think just in that scope it's it's really really big and I think it could do a lot of things for them you know within the state and recruiting within the state and um, you know I think you're kind of already seeing that and kind of on the heels of that i'm sure we'll talk about this a little bit more but you know Demon williams is somebody that is now very very much in play that wasn't in play before elijah rushing committed to arizona and so um whether one has to do with the others remains to be seen but it feels like there's some connection there and um you know i think it's just going to be one of those things where if you're arizona and you want to win and if you're Jed fish and you want to win games and you want to win nine and ten games which i'm sure he does and it's what he's the hope is Um, you have to, you know, win those in-state battles and keep some of those top players home. And, and it's been difficult and, um, it's been unfortunate for Arizona and ASU to a certain extent as well, where the talent level within the state has really grown. And it's like, if you could just keep a lot of those guys home, you'd have a very, very good team. And so, um, you know, it's been difficult to do that. And I think this is a big kind of maybe flashpoint in turning that and changing that for Jed Fish you know assuming he's in it for the long haul and it feels like he is right now and so um you know I think it to me it feels bigger than the T-Mac commitment and um you can look at the different rankings and I know we had T-Mac really really high at Rivals but um I think regardless of ranking I think it just it rivals that if anything but I think it's I to me it's more important than landing T-Mac as, as big as that was
0: well and you mentioned that for T-Mac and I would say T-Mac was the most important recruit until Elijah rushing. But what I think is you look at and say T-Mac was one guy, right? And he was great as a freshman, but you can see that's like a fluke. You know, you got the servite guys and you get T-Mac. If Chris doesn't leave, you know, Oregon, maybe, you know, if that coaching change doesn't happen there, maybe he doesn't end up in Tucson. I grant Elijah rushing is a local kid, but local kids, like you said, don't always come to Arizona. They don't often stay and go to Arizona. So to me, what makes this bigger, not just the ranking it's that, okay, one might be a fluke. Now you have another one. Does that start to show a trend that Jetfish can play with the boys, big boys, that Jetfish can get the job done? Yeah, local kid. But again, like you said, local kids don't often go to Arizona, at least these types of local kids. So like, that's the trend. That's the, okay. One, you'll know, fool me once, shame on you, but now fool me twice. Like, it's not a trick anymore.
2: No, and that's, I'm glad you brought that up because that word fluke is something that I brought up kind of around the time it happened where I said, you could point to Mac for those reasons that you just mentioned and said, well, things just lined up perfectly. It happened. It's a once in a lifetime deal. It's a once in a blue moon type thing. And, you know, that's not going to happen again, but to beat out the schools that very, Oregon very much wanted Elijah Russian. It wasn't like they, you know, and I'm sure as everyone knows on message boards, things can go one way and go, Oh, they didn't really want him. They backed out or whatever. I mean, there was never that hint ever with Oregon or any of these schools. I mean, Tennessee brought him in very, very late. And the thought was like, they're going to throw a bunch of NIL money at him and they're going to say, come play at Tennessee. And, Notre Dame very much wanted him. And, and a lot of the schools that were on that list, UCLA very much wanted him. And so, um, you know, most of the schools that were on that list and, and the schools that he was picking from very much wanted him in the mix. And so, yeah, that can't be overlooked that, you know, Fish went into, you know, went into battle against all those schools and won out and, and was able to do it regardless of what you think, whether you believe it's like an NIL based decision, which I think a lot of the schools that lost said, Oh, it's all NIL stuff. It's like, regardless of if they had all the NIL in the world, you still have to beat out those other programs. And so, um, you know, that levels the playing field in a lot of ways. And uh, again, I think the one thing that wasn't getting talked about enough nationally and, and to me was getting overlooked was just the family relationship and having his brother on the roster. And again, that goes to show you Jed Fish knows what he's doing. And I think, yes, you can say they wanted to cruise Russian and they recruited him obviously out of high school and we were hoping that he would land at Arizona out of high school. But there's also an element of like Jetfish also knew what he was doing and trying to go pursue Cruise rushing and bring him to Arizona after he left Florida. I, I don't think you can overlook that. I don't think you can overshadow that. Um, they, Jetfish understood, hey, if I can get the brother here, there's a very good chance that Elijah will follow. And so, um, again, I think when you look at overall what Jetfish has done and the people he's hired and the people that he's added to his staff, to me it just rings of he gets it. And some ca- coaches do and some coaches don't. He very much gets it. I think he understands what it means to recruit at Arizona. Um, I think his predecessors had some issues understanding what it meant to recruit to Arizona. I think they thought they could live on their own name and people would play for them just because of who they were. Uh, Jed Fish knows that he can't necessarily do that because he wasn't, he hasn't been a head coach before. There probably wasn't a lot of high school kids right now who were paying attention to what he was doing, you know, in the NFL. Um, he can remind him of those things, but I think he understands. Like, I needed to bring in the right people. I needed to bring in uh, the right pieces to make this happen. And so far, it's it's hard to argue with the results. And I think he's done a really good job of understanding the landscape and then putting in the effort to go get it done.
1: So, Matt, you know Elijah Rushing is clearly the crown jewel in this. In almost any Arizona football recruiting class that will may ever happen, uh, but you mentioned you know Jed Fish knows what he's doing and you know you talked about the growing talent base in the state um i i mean i have it on good authority from from the twitter machine that three stars in arizona aren't worth that much but i'd also love to hear what you have to say about uh elijah rushing's teammate and some of the other guys that arizona had commit because you know Will seems like a guy that if not for elijah rushing like we'd been pretty satisfied with in the class on in his own right and somebody that might climb in the rankings but you know can you help help us and our listeners understand him and some of the other guys that committed along with elijah rushing
2: yeah absolutely kiona is a very very good player and i tweeted that out after you know elijah committed if you would have just got one of them you're very thrilled and you're very happy uh it turns the tide at south point but um you know i think he's he might be the more productive guy right away, to be honest. I mean, I don't think there's like a huge, huge drop off from what you're going to get, you know, day one of next season from Elijah rushing and Keona Wilhite. And honestly, Keona Wilhite might outproduce him in terms of just on-field production. Cause, because I think this is where the rankings and a lot of stuff kind of gets, it gets confusing. You're ranking Elijah rushing based on what you think he's going to become by the end of his college career and what he potentially becomes as an NFL player. Whereas, you know, that's projection. I think a lot of coaches saw that too. I think there's a lot of, you know, there's a reason a lot of college programs were getting excited about him because I think coaches see potential and they go, Oh, I can mold him into whatever I want him to be. And there's a lot there to work with. Um, maybe Keona will doesn't have that same ceiling, but I think in terms of just production right now, I think he's, there's not going to be that much of a difference between what they're able to do. And I think if you watch South Point games, you understand that. And if you watch what he's able to do, even individually, I think you understand that. And so um, he's a very good player. I think the tandem of both of those guys for the next several years is going to be you know, very key for Arizona. I think they can feel pretty comfortable about what's going to be happening off the edge on both sides. And, and, um, you know, he's a very talented player in his own right. Um, You know, and I just think that that's somebody that you could just be very, very excited about if you're an Arizona fan. And then you know, the one, other one that really I think the other in-state guy that I think obviously you like the linemen. Anytime you can bring in big linemen, the guys from Apollo, you're going to be excited about that. Um, but Adam Muhammad is very, very underrated. I think he, you know, he's tucked away up there in Glendale, maybe doesn't even get as much attention, you know, in the valley as, as people would want um, and should expect for someone who's produced as much as he has. Um college coaches, I think, were just I don't know if they're just unaware of him, just didn't pay attention to him, just didn't think he could maybe stack up. I don't know, but it felt like he should have had a lot more offers than he did as well. But he's someone that I really like and um you know I think he's gonna factor into things, you know, down the line. I think he's somebody versatile that fits into what they want to do. You've seen, you know, you've seen them add guys like Speedy Luke who you go, OK, they can use them in a variety of a variety of ways. I think Adam Muhammad kind of fits into that role as well. Um, I think the grand plan when Jed has everything kind of running how he wants um, is to really utilize those guys a lot. Um, and so I think that's somebody who's, you know, another in-state guy who I think could do a lot of different things and have a lot of success, you know, in this offense and, and during his career at Arizona. So I think he's someone else that Arizona fans should be excited about.
1: So, Matt, you you know, you mentioned some of the guys from Apollo that I was going to ask a follow up on, but that, you know, you already kind of already gave me some of your thoughts. Um, so I'm going to reframe my question is with 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 Elijah Rushing, with Keona Wilhite, with the Apollo guys and some of the other guys, you know, Jed Fish came in saying that they were going to try to build a fence around Ari- the state of Arizona. Is is this class going to be l- you know, true or false, this class is going to be the best class of Arizona talent that Arizona football has gotten in the last 20 years.
2: I'd have to go look at the rankings, but it, off the top of my head, probably so. I mean, there if you look at, you know, even just the rivals like Arizona State rankings, you look up and down the list, there's a team that's very prominent on that list right now, and it's Arizona. <laughs> uh, if you look at the logos, I mean, it's it's pretty clear which school is kind of winning, uh, winning the state right now. There's obviously some other schools, and Oregon's, you know, hitting on a couple guys that uh, it really likes, but um, you know, if you look at you know just the top twenty, and especially if Arizona is eventually able to land Demon Williams, um, a lot of Arizona logos on that list, and and that's a good thing. And so um, I think definitely if you cap it with someone like Demon Williams, I think it's you're in that conversation for sure. Uh, I think right now you're probably in that conversation, but um, yeah, I mean it's been really impressive what he's done, and it's again it's not just getting lower level guys that, you know, maybe have one or two other power five level offers. I mean, there's some top guys in there. And, and so, uh, you know, not even to take anything away from Keona Wilhite, he, yes, Elijah Russian had, you know, every offer you want. He had Alabama. He could go to any conference he wanted, but Keona Wilhite had some very, very tough decisions to make as well. And he had options all over the country as well. So um, there's a lot of talent on that list and and a lot of offers on that list. And, and yeah, I think that's, um, it's kind of you're kind of starting to see the culmination of the work that Jed Fish has been putting in it was kind of a slow burn um, I think it probably took some time for coaches within the state to kind of warm up to to sending their players down to Tucson but um, I think he's well on his way and again I think as with everything in recruiting it kind of builds on whatever's next and if you have a really strong group of in-state guys this year the next class is going to look at that and be like okay let's maybe think about sticking around and sticking closer to home and so um, you know, it's all a process, and and I think for Fish, it's kind of they're starting to really see kind of what that work has led to at this point.
0: That's something I'm kind of wondering. Too. You mentioned Demon Williams a couple of times here, and obviously Arizona, the rumors have picked up that they might be able to snag him, and that would obviously be just another feather in Fish's cap for this recruiting class. But I'm wondering just how Arizona now is being perceived amongst recruits, right? We talk about like fans are I think really on board with Jed fish and what's going on, the progress he's made and the players he's getting. But when you get an Elijah rushing, when you get these players do other kids in this class, other kids around the state and even the country take notice of it and say, okay, if something's happening in Arizona, I should take a look at that. I should give them a look or I should consider them.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think that's natural. I think we'll really maybe start to see that with the next class. I think that's when you'll start to be like, okay, I knew whoever ex player from my high school that went there and now look at him, he's having success. And I think that's where you'll kind of start to see it. I think, in this class, you know, outside of someone like Damon Williams it's probably pretty set. I think a lot of these guys have their minds kind of close to made up if they haven't decided yet. And so um, I I think it'll probably be kind of settled for now um, with in-state guys in this class, but I think you'll really start to see that in the next group and really, especially if those guys end up playing, which, you know, that's kind of been the theme under Jed Fish is like, hey, let's just get the new guys on the field and, um, you know, try and get as much uh, of their own recruited talent on the field as they can. And so Um, that's what really you know players are really paying attention to and and I think the more of those guys that you have scattered across the state the better it's going to be for Arizona and the more of you know the players that are coming in that know guys from other high schools that are younger um, it'll they'll be on the radar and so um, so far there hasn't been a huge shift from my sense you know just talking to the players it hasn't been like oh I'm now really strongly considering Arizona because of Elijah rushing but uh, in this class in particular but I think that'll come and I think you know, as it becomes more real, obviously you're kind of in this lull before the season. I think as it becomes more real and as they start to see those players on the other side of the field, when they go into the season and go, oh man, I went up against Elijah rushing. He's amazing. And he's going to Arizona. I think that's when you really start to kind of see that shift happen. And maybe that's when some of the guys in this class start to take a stronger look at it. But again, I think it's going to be a lot of those younger players who go, oh, I went up against him, you know, last year as a junior and, you know, he's really good. And he went to Arizona. So now I'm going to really, you know, take a strong look at Arizona.
0: So Demond Williams. Arizona doesn't have a quarterback for 2024 yet. He's out there now. You mentioned him a few times. We brought him up as well. He's pretty good, right? And he's a guy that all of a sudden is, I guess he hasn't committed to Arizona. I don't know what the rumors are. I don't know everything there, but what is Arizona looking at with him and what is Arizona's chances of maybe adding him to this class?
2: Yeah, I think the chances are very good. Um, There was kind of those rumors before he decommitted that there was maybe some unhappiness with what was going on at Ole Miss and the communication there and, and how everything kind of came together. And, It's not shocking, to be honest. I mean, there's kind of been that feeling even shortly after he committed, like, oh, this is an interesting fit. Um, You know, West Coast to the SEC can be difficult at times, especially at that quarterback position. Um, It it just felt kind of like not a rushed decision, but it felt a little rushed at times because he was, you know, talking about taking visits and prolonging the process a little bit. And then he decides very early on, like, I'm going to go to, you know, Ole Miss. And so um, as the spring went on, as the summer kind of got close, it felt like, all right, this is maybe a chance of, of of a recruit to keep an eye on. And then it really started to pick up, you know, around that time Elijah Russian was deciding, and then obviously he releases a statement, I'm backing off my commitment, you know, going from there. But um, it's not like it's a new recruitment for Arizona. Jimmy Dory has been on Demont Williams for a very long time. Uh, Arizona was one of those very early, you know, one of those schools very early on who decided to offer Demont Williams and really begin pursuing him and making him a priority and making it clear to him like hey we want you regardless of what happens regardless of how this process goes we want you and i think that was important and other schools jumped on after that and i think with any recruit with any you know high school sophomore going into his junior year um you start to see some of these big name schools come after you and you get you know maybe uh you know some stars in the eyes a little bit and you go okay that's an option i didn't know that was an option and so i think there was a little bit of that for him but i think there's always been a strong connection between him and jimmy doherty He always says um positive things about arizona's quarterbacks coach i think that relationship is really strong um i think he likes the fit in jed fish's offense uh, i think that's a big part of this um and again i just think there's a lot of talent there i think a lot of the schools across the country that maybe were ever hesitant to offer him, or maybe didn't pursue him as strongly looked at the size and i think if you're a fan and you look at the size and you go oh he's five eleven, not a huge huge body kind of a skinny guy you go, well, how much is there but then if you watch the film you go oh, that guy's really, really good. And there's nothing missing from his game. I mean, he can run, he can throw. You look at everything that he does in terms of playing the quarterback position, it's all there. And it's even, you know, we had these same conversations about someone like Noah Fafita. I think it's even beyond that. I think there's right now more talent with someone like Damon Williams just to start with, uh, even than someone like Noah Fafita. And so um, I think that's why you see his ranking so high. And he was even higher at one point when it was just, based purely on production because you look at the numbers you look at again everything is there for a very talented quarterback and so far the size hasn't been an issue um I don't think it's going to be an issue and I think if you land him if you're Arizona you should be overjoyed because again those are not fake offers that he was getting he very much legitimately had the opportunity to go to Ole Miss and they wanted him um it just felt like maybe a little bit of a kind of a again I think not necessarily cold feet, but just like, Oh, maybe as this process goes along, is that exactly where I want to go? Uh, especially when things are starting to heat up down in Tucson and you know that that staff really does want you. And they have shown you, you know, throughout this process, like, Hey, we really want you there's, they've never backed off. And so I think that's been key. I think um, there's reason to be very, very optimistic. If you're an Arizona fan that he ends up at Arizona uh, feels like that's where that's headed. I don't know that we're quite to the point where it's a disappointment if he doesn't head to Arizona, but it's definitely getting to that point where it's like, it might be a surprise if he ends up anywhere else.
1: Wow. So, so, so Matt, I feel like the word that's come into mind with all of this conversation around recruiting is momentum. Like, right. Whether it's Elijah rushing, making it okay for a guy like Williams to commit or other in-state guys, or even you talked about guys in the following class or, or beyond. Right. So I'd, I'd, I I I want to make you put your, pull out your crystal ball and say, all right, Arizona's class looking at at the, the twenty twenty three class or twenty twenty four I guess is the class of twenty twenty four class and even the twenty twenty five class. What's the realistic range for Arizona football recruiting class in both of those years?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think I think based on what's happened so far, I think twenty twenty five is going to be very very you know fruitful for Arizona. I think that's where it really you start to see the entire group go like, okay, this is what it should look like. Um, I think this is going to end up probably 30 to 35 in terms of the overall team rankings, which again, if you're living there, you have a very good chance to eventually build a roster that wins 10 games a year. I mean, that's Utah lived there for a very, very long time. And yes, there's a lot of three stars in that group, but there's a lot of quality if you end up, you know, in that 30 to 35 range. And so um, that feels like where it's going to end up for Arizona. I think if it ended today and they get Demon Williams, they'd probably end up somewhere like 31, 32, something like that. I have to do the math, but, um, I, I think it's, it's headed in that direction. I think this class is going to be a very, very good one. Um, I think the 25 classes where you're looking at some of the pieces and some of the players who are already having Arizona kind of in their top group. One guy is, you know, uh, Dejon Lee, uh, a cornerback out of California, um, he already has Arizona as part of his top group, and he's going to be one of the elite players in the country. And he's like very strongly considering Arizona already. And so that's just one name off the top of my head. But you look at kind of where Jed Fish has said, I want to target these schools and these areas. They're kind of, you know, breaking things down at those schools and in those areas and, you know, landing a lot of players in those areas and and, um, top recruits. And I think that they're going to be more in play for some of the top guys and maybe people even think. Um, but I think you know I think the 25 classes where I think you're gonna really truly see kind of what a jetfish class ideally would look like um, and this is kind of another stepping stone toward that.
0: Imagine if they win seven games this year or eight games this year. You know what those <laughs> classes could look like right? but, I mean, but it sounds like they've doing everything they've done everything right other than have the big wins, you know a lot of wins, be a bowl team, but obviously this is just this is going to year three. So if they if the same path comes, you know, win four more games than you did the year before, they'll be plenty fine, I think, in that column. But is that is that kind of the final piece to the puzzle, the recruiting puzzle for Jed Fish to go from, you know, sprinkling in maybe a couple of four-star guys, a couple of five-star guys to really just blowing the doors open, like, okay, Arizona's not the next recruiting power, but is in that, you know, class where it's like, okay, they can get these guys, they can have classes in maybe the top 25, top 30.
2: Yeah, I mean, that is that is the race. The race is you you have a certain amount of time to – sell recruits on hey you can become part of the change and then at a certain point recruits are like i want to see the change and so you have to continue winning and so um and i think fans and i talk about this a lot but fans and and recruits view wins and losses differently fans get kind of fixated on one win or one loss and a big upset or you know big defeat whereas recruits are like hey are you winning nine and ten games are we going to be playing for you know am i going to be playing on new year's eve like that's what they're really looking at is like they're looking big picture and so um the difference for them between five and seven wins is not that big of a deal it's just not and so um you know when they when arizona you know can win nine and ten games then it's like that's a different conversation and then you're like okay i'm playing for win. i have a chance to play for a winning program you do that consistently you know you end up being utah which is now pulling in five-star recruits and and is gonna you know be very dominant for years to come and so i think there's a very much a clear reason why jet fish brings up utah quite a bit and as much as he does as kind of the mantle and the idea of what he hopes to be um because you know they built it with you know just quality talent lower level talent necessarily uh, you know in some ways but um you know quality talent and then now they're just you know they can reel in five-star players like it's nothing and so um and have 10 win seasons and win the Pac 12 you know back-to-back years and all that so Um, yeah, I think that that is the last piece is kind of winning games. And you're, if you're Arizona, you're kind of reaching that point where recruits are going to want to see some more production in terms of wins. And so, um, you kind of have some leeway when you're a new coach to kind of sell some things. And I think this is kind of that class and the next one in particular, I think where it's like, all right, now we need to start seeing some, some real wins and some real victories and see some true, true progress that you can point to and, um, you know, point to highlights on sports center and say, Oh, Arizona won again. And that's kind of what they want to see. And, and um feels like they're getting closer to that point. And I think this season will be a big step for them, a big indication of what comes next. But um, again, everything else so far is headed in the right direction for sure.
0: Yeah. Uh, that's what it seems like, of course. They're doing everything right so far. Just got a few more things to do before the program can really get going. Well, Matt, I think, I think we got enough out of you. That was great. I think <laughs> we appreciate that. All the information, of course. Arizona off seasons with Jed Fish are never quiet, but they're, Rarely disappointing, it seems like. In fact, they seem to get better and better as Austin goes on. So, is there anything you got coming out or anything that our listeners should be looking forward to coming from you or from Rivals? GoAzyCats.com. Anything that they're going to be super interested in in the coming days or weeks?
2: Uh, You know, not necessarily. Obviously, getting ready for training camp, we're going to have everything fully covered at, at, you know, Rivals and, you know, GoAzyCats.com in particular for all the Arizona fans that want to check it out. We're going to have, you know, wall to wall coverage. It's kind of going to be that interesting, fun time where, you go, okay, who's going to play? Who's going to move up the depth chart? All those types of things. And, um, you know, can definitely feel the excitement building. And I think there's going to be a lot of intensity with this team and, and um, you know, excitement about this team in this season. So we'll have it all covered for you at GoEasyCats.com for sure.
0: Perfect. So that's Matt Moreno. He covers Pac-12 Recruiting for Rivals. He's a senior editor for GoEasyCats.com. And he's, again, one of our favorite guests. You can find him on Twitter at Matt R. Moreno. So, Matt, thanks again for your time. We'll catch up with you again down the road. Absolutely. Anytime. All right, that's Matt Moreno, and we come back. Some quick news and notes. It's Wildcat Radio. Two Thanks again to Matt Moreno for that great insight, because Brett, I think it kind of validates what we think we're seeing in terms of Arizona's recruiting, the momentum they're building, and what they need to do to take that next step forward, and to hear Matt, who obviously knows what he's talking about, say that, makes me feel better about, hey, we're not
1: dumb. Yeah, I am a little disappointed that I asked him to put, you know, a range for the class rankings for the next two years, and he gave us... 2024 but he didn't put a number on 2025 he just said better (laughs) but maybe that's that's, better maybe that's better for me so i don't have unrealistic expectations
0: absolutely but so thanks again to matt Moreno. we do appreciate it brett a couple of news and notes here from arizona the last since we record clancy shields the tennis coach signed a nice extension he's someone that you know tennis is also one of those sports we don't necessarily pay a ton of attention to but they had a good season clancy shields has proven himself so like it's kind of the underrated sports like we like when they do well, so that's a, that's a good move for Arizona to keep one of their better coaches around.
1: I like when Arizona sports win at the things they are playing, so it seems like a good move. <laughs> it does. It does.
0: <laughs> oh. Of course, the baseball transfer portal is in full swing. Arizona got a commitment from Kyler Hain, uh, pitcher from Kansas State. That's cool. Uh, they lost their pitcher Aiden May. He transferred, I think, to Oregon State, I saw. And Dave Lawn, who Arizona – parted with is headed to TCU so you know I guess good luck to them
1: and and also let's not forget uh our old friend Jay Johnson stole Mac Bingham away (laughs) (laughs) you son of a bitch Jay Uh, I mean uh,
0: eventually there'll be no more players from Arizona's roster that Jay Johnson ever coached and can steal I mean he may still steal Arizona players but it won't be like a connection so (sighs) <sighs> yeah, that, that that stings a little bit.
1: He's he's got some boxes laying around the locker room that some kid's going to open up and be like, "Congratulations, you just earned a scholarship to LSU." Call Jay Johnson at. It's gonna. It's. It feels like what's happening. I don't like it. Pretty much. <laughs> it's, it's not my favorite thing to have happen, but you know, <laughs>
0: what can you do? It's Arizona baseball for you, having a deal with their ex coach who was really good and just won a national championship, is now at a program that is obviously <laughs> elite. A little too so, good, Adam. Yeah, that's that's yeah. That that could have gone better for Arizona. Uh Brett, anything else? Anything else, jump at you for a little news and notes here. It's a quick one, but you know, we had a great interview with Matt Moreno, so what else do we need, right?
1: You know, it's uh late july camp's about to start uh the pac-12 still has no idea what's going to happen with itself is it or pac-10 is it pac-10 is it pac-12 is it non-existent in two years i don't know (laughs) i'm still i'm still gonna say national exposure man pbs national distribution cool better than cw (laughs) i like the cw you would (laughs) i do
0: Anyway, I think that'll wrap it up here before we go completely off the rails. Thanks again to Matt Moreno for sharing his insight with us, Arizona Recruiting. It's hard not to be excited about what we've seen, and especially so when you hear Matt Moreno talk about that. Um, Brett and people can follow us on Twitter, at Wildcat Radio AZ. We do not have a Threads account yet. Why don't we have a
1: Threads account? I, I got to get control of the Gmail account and and a few steps to get there, Adam. Fair enough.
0: I <laughs> Hopefully we'll get there. You're going out of town, I know. So it might take a little bit, but we'll get there eventually. Of course, you can find us on iTunes, on Spotify. Subscribe to us on each of those accounts. And if you find us on iTunes, leave us a rating and review. We will write the review on the air. Otherwise, I think that, that does it for this week. Thank you for listening. We'll catch you, not next week, but eventually we'll be back. And until then, remember to bear down. Bear down.